Welcome to Crime Shots. I'm Bree. And I'm Nikki. And today, Bree, I'm going to tell you about Susan Wright. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you probably don't recognize the name right now, mm-hmm. but you're going to re- recognize the story once I get going. And you're going to be like, oh. Okay. So, Susan Wright was born April 24th, 1976 in Houston, Texas. Mm-hmm. When she was 22, she met Jeff Wright who was 30. They started a relationship. They started dating and the relationship moved real quick, pretty quickly. And Susan became pregnant soon after she and Jeff started dating. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They had a conversation and they decided that they were going to get married. And they ended up saying, I do when Susan was eight and a half months pregnant. Ooh. I know. Like, why would you do the eight, eight and a half? Like, just either have the baby or do it before. Okay. No, um, a lot of people don't like to have babies if they're not married. Okay. To each his own. Mm-hmm. So, in the beginning, Susan and Jeff seem to have the all-American dream, right? Mm-hmm. So, they were married. They were a good-looking couple. They just had this beautiful boy and they bought a house in a suburb of, of Houston and he was doing really well he was a flooring salesman so he sold you know linoleum and carpet and oh, flooring. linoleum I freaking hate that stuff <laughs> but he did well and so he did that for work and she was a stay-at-home mom <laughs> not long after they had their son they had a little girl in 2002 they had a little daughter named kaylee so the the uh son was bradley and the little girl's kaylee i love that name (laughs) so according to susan along with her friends and family jeff was emotionally abusive (gasps) to susan Mm. and eventually that that emotional abuse turned to physical abuse. Oh my god, it's like a Carrie Underwood song. Susan says her husband Jeff was also using marijuana and cocaine. At the same time? I know. I said that to something. I I think it was Joe earlier and I was like, I I was telling him about this this story that we were going to talk about tonight Mm -hmm. and he was like, together? He said he had the same reaction. I mean, it's just... Maybe it's kind of uncommon, like, you know, because one's an up or one's a downer. So it's just like. So I didn't see, you know, when, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe, you know, some days he used marijuana, some days he used cocaine. Yeah, it was just kind of what mood he was in. But that's what she said that he was known to use marijuana and cocaine. Mm -hmm. And he had a bad temper that they fought often and the mental and physical abuse. He would call her fat and stupid and worthless. And you have to look at, like, if you Google Susan Wright mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. look at her, like, don't do it right now because I'm telling you the story. But um, <laughs> the, this is a picture of, I mean, it just looks like a happy family. I mean, a husband and wife. It just, anyway. So she deals with this, right, for the mm-hmm. majority of their marriage. Mm-hmm. And she tried to leave him once. Mm-hmm. And Susan and Jeff had had a fight. And Susan's sister, Cindy, say that three times real fast. Susan's sister, Cindy, (laughs) came Mm. and actually got Susan and 
Bradley, this was before Kaylee was born, she came and got Susan and Bradley to bring them back and said, come stay with me. Mm -hmm. And her sister Cindy said, you know, she could see he had thrown her through a wall. And the wall had a hole the size of Susan's back. Oh, wow. This is what this is what Susan's sister Cindy said. I w- I would totally do that for you. <laughs> would you? Yeah, I would totally do that for you. I mean, I know you would never need it, but I totally would do that for you if you needed it. Oh. That's so nice of you, mm-hmm. and, but I would, like, take a frying pan to Joe. We've already discussed that. Oh, oh yeah. That's what I said. I, <laughs> I know you wouldn't need it, but Joe, just but in case you're listening, I would totally pick her up. I have reinforcements. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So, Cindy comes, and she takes Susan and Bradley to stay with her, and the next day, Jeff shows up with the moving truck, and she, he picks them up and takes them home. Mm. That's terrible. Susan said that Jeff would come home at night and would be upset about something. Mm -hmm. And he'd hit Susan until, and she says this several times, that he would hit me until he wasn't mad anymore. Until he wasn't angry anymore. Mm -mm. She needs to take a pot of hot grits to that boy. (laughs) You just hold your horses. (laughs) (laughs) He all, she also said that he, he would, she said that he would rape her mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. She never went to the police about the abuse. Mm-hmm. There's not anything documented or anything like that until January 14th, 2003. Mm-hmm. She went to the police station and she filed a domestic abuse report and got a restraining order mm-hmm. on Jeff, mm-hmm. her husband Jeff. But just a few days later... On January 18th, Susan calls her lawyer and confesses to killing her husband, Jeff, (gasps) and burying him in the backyard. Excuse me when I say this, but yes, girl. Yes. (gasps) But it's kind of (gasps) mixed. Just wait. So Susan ends up going on trial for murder. So she gets her, I mean, you know, she tells. I know why I'm shocked, of course, she would go on trial for murder. (laughs) She confesses and says, you know, it, I killed him, but it was in self-defense. Mm-hmm. And so th- it goes to trial, right? Mm-hmm. The trial is high profile. I mean, it's on TV. It's everybody in Houston's talking about it. People outside of Houston are talking about it. Out of the state are talking about it. Mm-hmm. Because you see this girl and she's this beautiful, blonde, petite girl and the guy is a decent looking guy i mean they just look like they have such a a perfect family Mm -hmm. (laughs) and this happens and it's just crazy so they the pro so there's a right we got prosecution and we got defense Mm -hmm. the prosecutor main prosecutor on the case is kelly stiegler does that ring a bell to you yeah 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 i know that name She's known for being very dramatic and, like, theatrical in the courtroom. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, it's coming this back is to Susan. Me. It's so, all okay, coming let, let, back to me now. So, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do Susan's story, okay. right? Which, everything that I've basically, everything that I've told you mm-hmm. is Susan's and her family's account of her marriage and her relationship with Jeff. All right. So, one side versus the other. Okay. So, we're going to go side one first. Okay. According to Susan, 
on January 13, 2003, Jeff came home from a boxing class. He took boxing classes. He enjoyed it. Of course he did. <laughs> and so he comes home from this boxing class and he is high on cocaine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is what, this is Susan's story. He was boxing. He wanted to box with their son, Bradley, who is four at this point. Mm-hmm. He's four. Bradley wasn't interested. He was like, I don't want to. I don't want to box with daddy. You know, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Jeff ends up calling Bradley names, like calls him a sissy and like, you're a little girl, <gasps> and hits him in the cheek. <gasps> Susan doesn't say anything at this point, and she gets the kids to bed and once she gets the kids to bed she confronts jeff about his anger and says i think you need to see someone about your anger issues Mm. that did not sit well with jeff (laughs) of course it didn't again again this is susan's account Mm -hmm. of the night Mm -hmm. so susan says they fought jeff got physically abusive and then he raped her Mm mm-hmm She said he threatened her with a knife. Susan was able to kick him in the groin Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. get the knife from him Mm -hmm. and then proceeds to stab Jeff to death. Now, a couple things. I mean... A couple things. Jeff, from from what I... My research I've done, he's 6'4", 220. Mm, Big dude. It's a big dude. Mm. I didn't get her measurements, but she's tiny. Mm-hmm. She was tiny then in the pictures I've seen, mm-hmm. and she's tiny. I mean, she's she's tiny. Mm-hmm. So she says she needs him in the groin and gets the knife from him and proceeds to stab him to death. During the stabbing, her four-year-old son, Bradley, knocks on the bedroom door. This is happening in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. So Susan stops stabbing Jeff, ties Jeff's hand to the bedpost because she's afraid he's going to get up and like come after her but she doesn't want her son Bradley to see anything. Mm -hmm. So she ties his his hand to the bedpost so that she can go. She goes out she gets Bradley and puts him back to bed. Then she comes back and continues to stab Jeff. Uh, Then uh, she ties uh, (laughs) Okay. uh, Continue. So, So So then, she ties Jeff to a dolly. (gasps) I'm sorry. (laughs) sorry. This is funny, but it's not funny. It's funny, but it's not funny. It's funny because... Okay, again... I'm I'm, I'm, I'm envisioning, like, a super abusive guy that's really big Mm -hmm. being taken down by a tiny girl with a dolly. Yeah. So, yeah, so she, he's 6'4", 220, so she ties him to a dolly so that she can carry him to the backyard. Obviously, that would make it easier, yeah. And bury him mm-hmm. in a hole that he had already dug <laughs> previously for a fountain he was going to put in. <laughs> okay. Oh, Kudos to the people that are taking her statement and holding their composure. <laughs> so I, I'm not the one. <laughs> this is what she says happens, right? Get this. She stabs him, Jeff, her husband, the mother of her, or the father of her kids. Mm-hmm. She stabs him almost 200 times. <gasps> that is 200, two, zero, zero. You know what, though? If he would, and this is just my 
commenting thoughts. Mm -hmm. If he was truly that abusive to her, then I can see where it's messed with her own psyche. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I can see where, you know, she's terrified that he's not dead. You see what I'm saying? So that's exactly what she says. I mean, she says, I I just, I couldn't stop. That's Mm -hmm. what she says. She says, I couldn't stop. I knew if I stopped, he would grab the knife and kill me. That that is what. Yeah, she I mean, it's just uh, what, what was that um, that that movie with uh, enough? Well, yeah, but no, the one with the the young white lady who like had like a whole bunch of kids, and her husband was like super abusive and kept like poking holes in her diaphragm so she'd get pregnant again, and he she ends up killing him and carrying his head with her in a hat box. I do not recall that. Oh my god, what movie is that? I mean, I don't know what you're watching. It's a good movie. It's got that chick from Milk Money in it. The Fifty Shades of Grey Girls Mama. Okay. (laughs) I can tell you every single thing except (laughs) the name of this movie, apparently. (laughs) Um, Melanie Griffith. That's who's in it. I mean, no, no, no. I knew, I know who... Well, I know what actress you're talking about, but yeah. I don't know what movie you're talking about. Crazy in Alabama. Oh, I don't think I've seen that. And it's got the kid from, uh, here we go again. Anyway, um, so that that's basically what happens. She, her husband's like super abusive and she kills him and ends up traveling the world, becoming a famous actress, but has, keeps his head with her in a hat box. And when she goes to court, she talks about how, like, he still talks to her and he still threatens her. Hmm. And she said that that's why she carried, she took his head with her to remind herself that he was still dead. Like, that's how traumatized she was. Yeah. Right. Well, she, I mean, that's what she said. I mean, she says basically, like, I sat on the couch all night because I just knew he was going to climb out of that grave and come kill me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what she said. Of course, during the trial, prosecution pulls, you know, pokes holes in her story. Mm-hmm. One of the problems that they have is that they're saying, okay, you, it was, you know, a crime of passion. Like, they, she was scared to death, and just in the heat of the moment, she went crazy and stabbed him 200 times. Which was overkill. We all know that, mm-hmm. right? She stabbed him everywhere. His chest, <laughs> his legs. His eye sockets, his head, you his said neck. overkill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, pun, pun intended, <laughs> unintentional pun intended. So, <laughs> yes. So, and they're saying, okay, so you had this right, and then all night you were concerned he was going to come out of the grave and kill you. The next day is when she goes to the police station and files the abuse report. (gasps) So the day after she kills him, Mm -hmm. she goes Mm -hmm. to the police station. So she was in her right mind enough Mm -hmm. that she's trying to cover her tracks. Yeah, she's looking real sus. She buys bleach. She tries to clean up the bedroom. She takes the mattress and the bed frame and puts it in the backyard. Mm. Um, it's, you know, not looking good. <laughs> <laughs> Poor her. So, yeah. She screwed herself. 
And the whole time, I mean, she took the stand in her trial. Mm -hmm. She took the stand in her defense and told everybody what happened. The story that I told you is what she said. Mm -hmm. The thing about Kelly Stiegler is this is what she does. In, in the trial, she brings in the actual evidence. So she brings in the bed frame and she brings in the mattress, the blood-soaked mattress, into the courtroom. Mm. She sets it up. Then she has one of her team, a man on her team, that is similar in size of Jeff, I, lay down on this bed. I'm now envisioning exactly what you're talking about. I know yes. what you're talking about now. Go yes. for it. Go. Lays down on this bed. She straddles him on this bed in the courtroom. She gets the murder weapon and she's like giving the jury a visual. Mm -hmm. It's just like, I, I just can't. I can't believe that that's allowed. I guess not the demonstration itself, but mm -hmm. the fact that it's like on the bed. I don't know. I, I just, I mean, it did something because after the trial was over in 2004, she was found guilty <gasps> by the jury. Well, and she, I mean, she is. And she was sentenced to 25 years. Two five. I mean, years. They. I feel like that's kind of reasonable. Okay. So so listen, I we're gonna talk about this mm -hmm. for a second. But she was found guilty twenty five years. She appealed it in two thousand five, and the jury and the court upheld the ruling. She reappealed. She appealed again in two thousand eight, and she got a new sentencing in two thousand ten. That dropped it from 25 years to 20 years. Hmm. So then that made her up for parole in 2014. She was denied. She was up for parole again in 2017 and was denied. She was up for parole again in 2020. And Susan Wright was released from prison December 30th, 2020. <gasps> Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Oh my god. That was like a few days ago. <laughs> that was like a week ago. That was like a week ago. She just got released. So she served 16 years of her 25 year original 25 year sentence. Which is longer than a lot of people serve on their sentences. I mean not murder sentences but. Yeah. But I mean well it's crazy that she got 25 years to begin with I feel like. I feel like that's. And wait a minute. She, do you feel like that's too little or too much? I don't know where we stand I on this. I feel like that's too little. Do you, For murder? Uh, um. Mm, I, disagree. I disagree with <laughs> long you. Long pause. Insert long pause. <laughs> I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna respectfully disagree. Really? Yeah, I feel like that's fair. I feel like 25 years was good. Because... I absolutely don't think that's fair. I think you murder somebody and you should either. Well, I'm not gonna go that far, but you're at least should spend the rest of your life in prison. At least. I mean, I agree with you. However, no, but you don't. I mean, no, no, no. I totally agree with you. However. In a case like this, where she was physically abused. Well, hold on. This is what we're going to talk about. 
Oh. Well, There's don't, no proof. Don't, don't let me say comments like this and sound stupid, Nikki, when you know the whole story <laughs> and I don't. <laughs> Well, there's no there's no proof that there was any abuse. So and they never like brought a witness into the courtroom or anything saying that, you know, okay. oh yeah, I saw her at church with bruises all over her, or I saw her right, at this, the supermarket. This is what happened. Oh. Nobody on Jeff's side could say there was they they had no idea that there was any abuse whatsoever mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. the in the relationship. Susan's family, mother, sister right mm -hmm. Susan's family and a neighbor said they saw bruises on Susan but that's the only evidence they have other than Susan's sister Cindy said she came over there and there was a hole in the wall and she left Jeff that day and then Jeff came to get her so but there's no police reports that have been filed right mm -hmm. saying that Susan had been abused there was no witness of him ever hitting her no one actually witnessed him hitting her or being abusive to her now the problem is yes her sister and her mom went and said yes he was abusive but it's his it's her sister and her mom mm -hmm. so not to say they're lying but i mean it's her family and she's on you know trial for murder so it's kind of hard to believe the family because you don't know if they're telling the truth or if they're just trying to get their daughter off. So that was a problem in, okay. in the trial. Okay, so say say he wasn't abusive. Say she made it all up. What's her motive? So the prosecution said that her motive was the $200,000 life insurance policy they had That's it? on... I know. That's, That's not what a lot. I was... I know. That's not... I mean, we're not talking about a couple million dollar life insurance policy. We're talking about, you know, $200,000, which is not that much. It's not that much. In the grand scheme, mm -hmm. it's a lot of money. Don't get me wrong. $200,000 is a lot of money. Mm -hmm. But in the grand scheme of things, you're going to kill your husband for 200000 I don't think so. I mean, she, I mean, from an investment point of view, she's losing money by... <laughs> murdering he's gonna make more than that over his life yeah right that's not smart yeah no i agree i mean um i think there's so, holes on both sides there are and obviously so she said he had a problem with marijuana and cocaine the toxicology report showed he had a large amount of cocaine in his system at the time of death so she was telling the truth about that she was telling the truth about that not, I'm not saying she lied about anything else. I'm not saying that at all. Right. I'm just saying they were able to prove that she was telling the truth about said drug use. So, I told you her story about that night. The prosecution flipped it and said, this is Kelly Siegler again. She tells the jury, no, that's not how it went down. She is manipulative, and she wanted him gone. So she seduced him into a romantic evening where they did whatever they did, and sex. he ended just, up tied just say sex. to they the were bed. Married. It's fine. It, he ended up tied to the bed, and once she was able to get him tied to the bed, that's when she was like, got you now you're not going anywhere and stabbed him 200 times okay and the other reason that she pointed she she says something else that goes along with that is that 
there was a candle burning in the room. There was a candle in the room. And he was found with wax on his body. (laughs) (laughs) So the prosecution is saying, you know, she led him to believe they were going to have a romantic night. And then she killed him. Which obviously is not what Susan said. And then Susan well, to Okay, let's to say spe- let's say Kelly's right. And right, that's her name, right? Okay, so let's say she's right. What's the motive? The two hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> I don't that's that's bullshit. I know. I know. <laughs> There's like I, I could I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I believe her or not. I don't believe either one of them. I, I, mean, we- I think they're both full shit. I mean, it's crazy. And Susan's explanation for him having wax on him was she said that when she tried to pull him off, because before she got the dolly to get him, she tried to drag him off the bed. And when she did, he hit the table and wax spilled on him. That's what she said. I mean, that could could happen. I mean, it's it's plausible. I'm just saying, if if she's trying to pull this big ass fool off the bed and she can't, he's a big dude. It's possible that, you know, stuff like that happens, but why is the candle lit in the first place? The thing that gets me is I just, I don't see her overpowering him for the knife. Yeah, but, I mean, that's true, but what the prosecution played out, it would make sense if he's already tied up and... Oh, no, absolutely. So she really wouldn't have to overpower him because he voluntarily got there. Right, but I'm saying... Her story is that he threatened her with a knife and she got the knife from him. So I'm having a hard time believing that because I don't so you I, think I have maybe, a hard time believing maybe she she's overpowered just, him with a knife. Yeah, maybe she's just, you know, making herself sound stronger than she really is a little bit. You know what I'm saying? So the prosecution also points out that his wounds are on the front. And that if these were defensive wounds he would be trying to leave. Like, if he wasn't already tied up, right? Mm-hmm. Then, and it and it played out like she said, mm-hmm. then he would have wounds other than just the front of his body. I don't know, because if... Cause it, if somebody's stabbing you, you're not going to back away or try to run? Well, if her story is to be believed, and he is a man that is known to be physically abusive... It's only going to anger him more to try to defend himself and try to kill her. You see what I'm saying? But then again, I agree with you. If she starts stabbing him and he goes after her, he's going to overpower her ultimately in the end. Yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying and I do think that that's possible. I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of hard to believe either story. Obviously, I I think the prosecution is stretching just so that they can get a conviction. Which they do, but at the same time, you know, be honest, Susan, your story's a little fishy. It's a little suspicious. the prosecution has to do something, right, to get a conviction. Mm -hmm. Like, you can not believe her all you want. Right. But what are you going to say in court to back Mm -hmm. that up? And it's just like, uh, what's that that saying? Like, it's not what you believe, it's what you can prove in court. Exactly, yeah. They had to go with something. But, I mean, obviously, they had enough for the jury to believe that she was at least somewhat guilty. Oh, yeah. But not enough to get, like, a life sentence. Well, but that's that's also, like, kind of strange because either you believe one of two things. Either you believe that she was abused 
and was defending herself and her children. And in that case, she's not guilty, let her off. Or it was premeditated and she was trying to kill him over some, some what, $200,000 or something? Mm-hmm. You know, to, I don't know, I pay mean, for groceries. And not, not to mention, okay. She should be in for life. In the beginning, so she, so she kills him. This is what we know. Mm-hmm. We know she kills him. The next day, she goes to the police station and files abuse and um, restraining order. And then three or four days later, she calls her lawyer and says, come to my house. I need to talk to you. He gets to the house and she says, I killed my husband in self-defense and I buried him in the backyard. And our family dog has dug him up. You know, to be honest, I think I think she needs therapy. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. It could go either way. I don't know either. I but guess no one will ever really know if it is better now. That's true. I mean, she's home. She could do a news interview and be like, "Yeah, that that was premeditated as hell." They actually, they actually tried to, like, they followed her to her house, I guess, and tried to like get her to talk. And she was all she said was, "Please don't do this. Like, please leave us in peace. Please don't do this." Mm-hmm. That's that's like all she is. So she's not talking. But I mean, she's only been out for what a week. Yeah, give her time. Somebody will offer her $200,000. They'll offer her $200,000 and she's going to sing like a like a bird. <laughs> sing like a bird. She's going to drop that album. <laughs> That's but funny. yeah, no, I came across this the other day and I was like, Susan, Susan, why do I know that name? And I looked at it and I was like, yes, I remember that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so she just got released and I was like, let's talk about it. Let's talk about Susan let's, Wright. Let's talk about it. Let's get in on that. Wow. And I'll she's in to... Texas because her parole does not allow her to leave the state. So Does she want to leave the state? I don't know. <laughs> she hasn't said one way or another. She hasn't talked to anybody, but well. um, I'm just letting <laughs> they you know. Haven't, these, they haven't had the right Texans. price. All the Texans know she's living in Texas. <laughs> Just leave her alone for now. <laughs> She'll talk, talk when she's her. ready. If she feels like talking. So where did her kids go? So her kids actually ended up being adopted by Jeff's brother. So he the, the kids ended up with Jeff's brother. That's odd. And I read somewhere. Well, while the trial was going, in the very beginning, the kids were staying with her sister susan's sister and then the courts found out that they were actually still seeing susan they were actually still with susan Mm -hmm. so they took the kids from the sister and that's when eventually jeff's they went to the to jeff's side and eventually that's the kind of stuff i disagree with i mean i understand the family being upset because the kids are seeing the, I hate saying this, their mom. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, those kids also have other family that didn't have anything to do with it. Well, the problem is, I, w- I mean, because in the in the parents, like the families mm-hmm. both said, you know, once this, once this all happened, it became about the kids. Because mm-hmm. it's like, what's going to happen to the kids? We want to make sure the kids are okay. And if their mother killed their father, I don't know that I would trust her around the kids. I mean, I agree. I mean, it's not just like, I mean, that doesn't get much worse than that. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, mean, I can see that. I can totally see that. Where they're like, she don't need to be around. They don't need to be around her for now. 
Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I just, you know, I'm an advocate for when when families are split in any way. Oh, no, I completely agree. Yeah. But when you're talking about murder, Brie, I think it's a little different. <sighs> I mean, I think you're over-exaggerating. I'm just kidding. I, <laughs> I'm totally joking. better calm down. Totally joking. I totally agree with you on that. So, um, I just think it was a different situation. Yeah. So, it's tough. Poor kids, though, so, having to grow up. Without a dad and their moms. Well, knowing their mom killed him. Right. It's like awful. It's just depressing for them. Well, um, I hate to admit this, but like, I, I mean, I look up cases like all the time, and I try to keep up with stuff going on and everything. And this one doesn't come across common. I'm like, I'm fully aware of it, but it's so not. You didn't know she got released recently. Oh no, I didn't know that. Yeah, I know. like, I like know. a week ago, Nikki. <laughs> like, no, no, it was a week. Yeah, Wait, actually, recently. Well, okay. We're recording this super late on a Friday night, and... Don't tell them our secrets. <laughs> and so she was released, what, nine days ago? Yeah. Nine days. Yeah. Wow. Like, she probably barely, like, met with her parole officer. Maybe. Well, I'm I don't sure know. I don't know. This is crazy. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, it's not, it's not a case that pops up as, like, you know... Today's news. Mm-hmm. Susan Wright was released from jail after murdering her husband and stabbing him almost 200 times with two different knives. Yeah, I get your point. And I feel bad for, like, because there was an interview that I watched with his, Jeff's father. He was upset, obviously, and was just like, the, the person that was interviewing him asked him, like, do you think about it? And he said, almost every day. And he got upset and said, you know... She's all. She's an awful person. You know, she killed him. She she stabbed him while he was alive in his eye sockets, in his chest, in his. I mean, and it just if you think about it, that, that's like a really awful way to go. Yeah. If 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 it's true and he was that physically and mentally abusive to her, then so be it. But I mean... if he wasn't, that's awful. Mm -hmm. I mean, I do feel like it's awful either way because. Really, I guess it's not our place to judge, but I mean, true. But at the same time, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I mean, I would like to think that justice is served, mm -hmm. and I understand that maybe it's not in this life, but it will be in the next. Mm -hmm. But I'm selfish, and I want to see justice in this life. <laughs> I think most Texans would agree with you, which is why we still have the death penalty. <laughs> yeah, she's out and walking among us. Not well, that sounded super morbid and creepy. <laughs> I didn't mean for it to, and it did, so I don't know what to say. About that. But just in case anyone is listening, um, we don't live in Texas. We actually live in Florida, and not true. <laughs> don't lie. Don't lie. <laughs> it's a good place. <laughs> so good case. Good job. You did good. Great. Pat on the back. I'll be, I will be looking for Susan Wright in the store. Don't. No, I won't. No, no. She, <laughs> she's not ready to talk about it. She's not ready to talk. She's not ready to talk about it. <laughs> um, I, I, I do have a update to ask you that I have been messaged about. I was going to ask you at the beginning of this episode, but I figured I don't want to waste people's time. So at this point, if you're done, you're done. You don't want to hear my update question. Okay. It's about you. So I have been asked... For you to give an update on your 
stalker. <laughs> have you I had have any not... more run-ins with people following you home and asking you about your roof? <laughs> I have not. I haven't had anybody uh, recently. Well, listen, I'll, t- I'll tell you, Brie, all the time. I'm like... People just slow down in front of my house <laughs> and in front of my driveway. Like, you it's do. just random. And but like, I agree with mom, though. Like, growing up on that road, how many times did, you know, people pull over on the side of the road because they're, like, drinking and stuff and they pull over to pee or <laughs> some stupid crap like that. That's true. And they're probably just turning around. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I, I, <laughs> I can't help but think, like, what are they doing? You're watching the house. They're casing the house. Well, if you think about it in an area like that, right? And they're trying they're trying to drive through and they're trying to go somewhere. And so, you know, their GPS is taking on, oh, this is going to be a quicker way because it actually is a quicker way than having to go all the way around. But then they turn down this dark road. <laughs> There's like nothing. And you don't know where it comes out. And, and that area like, is not, uh, yeah, it's not known for... Uh, doesn't have the best ratings. Um, what? Before you turn, like, before you go that way. Oh, the like area, the Yeah, like, the area before it is, doesn't, yeah. it's not. <laughs> so they're like. <laughs> it's rough. <laughs> so they're like, this is not where I want to get lost. <laughs> I can't so run out of gas or get a flat here. I can't. Exactly. So, so they just turn around in my yeah. driveway. Maybe, maybe that's possible. Yeah, they pull into your driveway and they're like, oh, there is a very old lady that lives here. I can tell. Oh, you, think my, you think I look like I, I, really? No, I'm just kidding. I knew you'd panic about that. That's why I said it. Ever. No, I love your house. I go there but, all the time. No, so I haven't had any more run-ins That's good. with anything. I just have random people that turn around in my driveway and it scares me. But I haven't had anybody follow me home lately. So, <laughs> Yeah. So, thanks for the update. I mean, I knew, but I felt it only necessary to tell you. For anyone you know. else that's wondering. Yeah, that to let you know that people do ask. Go. They are curious. <laughs> <laughs> I told them, I was like, I don't think you really have anything to worry about. <laughs> Nikki will take care you of things. never know. You never know. I guess you better, the biggest worry is for cats, they should be worried around Stop. your area. <laughs> I have to cut that out. No, I'm not. <laughs> the cats are not safe. Okay, we have to go now. So, <laughs> okay. yeah, it was great. It was fun. And here we go. On to the next. <laughs> <laughs>